I met Steve Gaynor in a bar and he's so neat and he writes a blog and it's so sweet. It's March 2009, and Lawrence remembers Steve Moretzky's huge cock. This is the third Idle Thumbs Conf Grenade. <laughs> and I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And this is incredible. <laughs> and that was Hot Scoops Gainer. Uh, my first name is Steve. That's true. Hello. And, uh, Much oh. like Moretzky. Also, we've got hmm. Slam, Not Duncan Slam, Fife. <laughs> Hi, I'm Duncan Fife. What's up? Whoa. We call him Slam Duncan. We do. How's it going? Slam Duncan <laughs> hit self-destruct Fife. Dot com. Right. Also joining us uh, in the Idle Thumbs studio peanut audience oh, yeah. and or peanut gallery is Lawrence. Hey. <laughs> he saw a cock. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex Ashby. I have exciting news about the cock. We'll get to that soon. Oh, man. You want to just start exciting. with the... <laughs> yeah. Why are we talking about that? Well, I mean, quickly, do you guys... I mean, I don't know. You guys were at a crazy blog mania blog fest oh yeah is that cool uh, oh, yeah. it, it actually did end up being we're cool. tabling nice. the cock yes <laughs> <laughs> that was the sound of it being tabled okay yeah it's gross uh, <laughs> um the blog thing was cool what was um, the blog thing uh, um corvus elrod uh and michael abbott of the brainy gamer uh got together and uh brainy gamer blog um they they organized basically just a dinner where a bunch of bloggers and games journalists got together at this uh, Indian place and ate and chatted and got to meet each other if they only knew each other on the internet before and stuff. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. There was a big group there. There was like 25 oh, people yes. or something like that. It was a lot of people. And we also got to distribute copies of our newspaper. Yes. <laughs> we threw some Idle Thumbs news journals at various people. Yes. But, uh, Excellent. But yeah. Um... Some people I've met before, and uh, some people like Ben Fritz and Chris Dolan. No, I've met Chris Dolan, but uh, Robert Pfeiffer from the Plush Apocalypse. And I don't know, there, there was a bunch of people there that I was glad to get to talk was to. Was the so. Snappy Gamer guy there? Um, I'm sorry. He was in the kitchen. <laughs> what? Oh, he was Snap. killed before you guys arrived. He is an Indian food chef as well as a, <laughs> a game fact about critic. Snaps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, oh, hi to everybody who was there. It was it was good to meet you all. Mm. Yeah, it was good Sweet. to meet you too. Thanks, Jake. I was channeling just now. Hmm. Mm. You said it on my behalf. Half. <laughs> anyway, we went to a GDC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think of that old GDC? Well, um, what's all this I've been hearing about cock? I'm glad you asked about penis, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let me tell you more. Okay, well, on Wednesday, Alex and Lawrence and I went to the Game Design Challenge, which I think we've talked about on the Conf Grenade earlier. Uh, we didn't, actually. We didn't, we've actually. not talked we about a Game Design Challenge. Yet. We talked about... I thought uh, we established the premise of... Anyway, I'll establish the premise of the Game Design Challenge. Yeah, no, we've talked about experimental game okay. town. Yeah. All right, well, Eric Zimmerman, who we all know, uh, is organizes a challenge for three game designers every year at GDC on uh, some topic, which is uh, sometimes... Uh, fairly arbitrary constriction which doesn't 
maybe have much practical value like last year it was design a game that an animal can play because that might be useful to somebody uh but this well, to animals mainly perhaps uh but this year his challenge was um you were to you, sp- you were supposed to design a game that was about uh it was an autobi- autobiographical game about your first time meaning sex just, just I, I wasn't sure if you guys knew what first time meant. Meaning sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think, well, just as an aside, I think that was you know, a more helpful topic than can you play this game with an animal? Because it is conceivably a genre that could exist in the future, even right. if it doesn't already yeah, exist an as an indie topic. game. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, so continue. Uh, what, yeah, well, who, the, who were the participants? Well, Steve Moretzky, who we, we've established Steve Moretzky was there. Right. Uh, and Suka Haro, who's the designer of Haber Hotel. Yeah. Um, and uh, Kim Swift from Valve, who was the lead designer on Portal, was originally supposed to attend and was listed in the program guides and conference guides and everything. But we found out that hot scoop that she was asked not to attend because of and it was because of the subject matter of the challenge but, not but, attend by valve software uh, not well that wasn't made explicit probably not by eric zimmerman though perhaps not <laughs> eric zimmerman <laughs> eric zimmerman <laughs> was not happy yeah, yeah. I, um, I mean i thought the i thought that basically they strongly alluded to the fact that valve had yes said she that's could true no although i mean i just want to be careful about you know okay, right saying that valve you're, you're not, not this is not actual sure. news but that was the hearsay at the show yeah i'm just yeah. making this shit up so then they subbed in <laughs> they subbed in some people for yes her. and i'm gonna be horrible and not remember their names because they weren't really introduced their introducing their introduction was that kim swift isn't here <laughs> we got these, these people these people are not kim <laughs> swift. um i think one of the heather kelly was one of them uh Audrey and, somebody and she was with someone called Aaron. Aaron. But I don't remember her last name, unfortunately. Uh, right. But yeah, I can summarize the presentations briefly. The Heather and Aaron did a cool thing. They basically envisioned the process up to uh, your first time, at their first time, actually, as a sequence of WarioWare-esque minigames. Oh, man. Um, and, with, and they provided comical illustrations, which helped them... Uh, spoiler eventually win the challenge um <laughs> yeah but it was stuff like uh you were supposed to pick out an outfit um and uh pro- mood music and condoms etc <laughs> uh but the thing about it mood music um Midique. sorry that was a Merrick bronstring impression um yeah, and, but that was entertaining, but also not very strong as a game concept because it was more like uh, an illustrated series of events leading up to your first time rather than, you know, here's how you would play this as a game. Of, right, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it was yeah. almost like a comic book because right. they had, like, hand-drawn illustrations, which were nice, and to be fair, they had, like, 36 hours to put this presentation together. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, it was a fun presentation, but maybe right. but not strong. As what a, about the Habbo Hotel guy? Well, I don't remember much about his presentation because I was, I was at the time I was focusing on how to distribute a newspaper to the crowd <laughs> to, to the crowd after the session, which I'm sure was where my priorities should be. Uh, but he envisioned uh, very briefly because I'm going to get this wrong. Something on the internet, perhaps. It was something on the internet, Stephen. Oh uh, my god! Uh, it was something. It involved. It was sort of a social networking site, a social networking <laughs> game concept where people could. Uh, share stories about the, uh, from anonymously share stories about um, <laughs> relationships. I don't know, but their first time. No, no, I'm just uh, or first kiss. Of, yes, or that's their fine. first kiss, and there was a lot of um, Web 2.0 things yeah. involved, and Flickr was, was in was there. Was there some sort of uh, meta game around play? that, or was it just? I honestly don't remember. Face- 
Facebook thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm horrible at recapping uh, right. talk. So, so I heard that there was a yes. third entry. But he, but he didn't win. So into this contest. Yeah, well, Steve Maritsky, who... Oh, uh, <laughs> oh that, he was there? No, yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, of Zork, etc. Yes. Uh, Zorkman. And he was the reigning champion. Zork. Chris? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. okay. I don't know what to tell you guys other than a big penis, but... <laughs> Basically, that, was that really actually just his presentation? No, just yeah. Just, <laughs> what? Why did that? He happen? brought in a classic carousel slide projector and just. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> in conclusion, <laughs> what, what was his what was his concept? Uh, he well, he uh, was more focused on the autobiographical element and sort of talked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Talked talk a lot about not getting late in high school. Yeah, I was gonna say what everyone wants to hear is about the first time uh, experienced by the guy who made Zork. <laughs> well, right. that, that was apparently the actual. Uh, well, yes, it was. Was. So that, that, that was the, the actual, actual premise. Assignment, so the assignment was do a do a game about your first time, not oh, just so a theoretical not, first not time. Hypothetical. Okay, and he, yes, he sort of talked about what um, he sort of talked about his own first time. Well, he didn't actually. He, st he stopped short of mentioning his first time, but he talked about not getting late in high school or uh, for a long time, and <laughs> and then he speculated on what genres that this autobiographical game could take, and he sort of threw up a slide of. Uh, prototype first person shooter that he made in photoshop and the gun was a huge cock <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. and it was aiming at a woman in a bikini <laughs> uh japan beat him to that one i'm sure <laughs> anyway that was what you're waiting for that was the cock you have been waiting for and i'm sorry if it was this <laughs> Could that be the name of the episode? <laughs> the, the cock you've <laughs> that, been waiting that for? That was the cock you've been waiting for. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. I'm sorry if that uh, All right. well, didn't satisfy expectations. And I, I don't remember much has about- Has the innuendo stopped yet? I can't tell. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not talking about- Marinsky didn't win, although he came very close. Who because uh, Heather and Aaron. Oh, okay. Um, for their funny thing. I was more concerned at that point. Again, I was more concerned with getting out a newspaper. Plus, I saw Warren Spector in the crowd, and I was excited sexually by the um, <laughs> prospect of giving him one of these newspapers. <laughs> did, did you actually... No, he left. Uh, uh, oh, I'm he sorry. Was, he was, I don't know. All right. He bailed. <laughs> well, later. It, sound, it sounds like an interesting game design challenge. It was. It was one of the better ones I've ever seen, and it was the only one I've ever seen. Uh, well then, <laughs> I, f I didn't go this year, but I, I feel like they, the further away they get from like anything feasible, the less interesting they sometimes become. It sounds like this one, there were, there might've been some, some cool ideas, but I feel like I think so. the last couple of years, they like, mainly, uh, thread and <laughs> like thread, cloth and yeah, thread, thre cloth and thread. like that was really only interesting because like the dudes involved were like, uh, Alexei Pajitnov was amazing, yeah. but like that he would have also been entertaining with any topic. Like, it would have been nice to have both interesting people and an interesting topic. Did you ever hear that that guy once made pants for himself? I did hear that. <laughs> I heard <laughs> about that before. Yeah. It's um, a good story, though. Yeah, yeah. It bears to be repeated. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I feel like Zimmerman just goes a little crazy. He's like, these guys are so amazing. They'll come up with anything. But it's yes. like, well, if you right. rain it in just a little bit more, well, it's, I mean, it's pretty I, easy to come up with an impractical I, pitch. Yeah, for I, I think, yeah, I think that's, all, that's actually a little bit more charitable than... It seems like it's sort of celebrating uh, his own cleverness at coming up with really <laughs> wacky stuff more so than yeah. this will really show how crazy these guys are. I don't know. Yeah, but some something like like the premise for this one 
or like the, even the um the the Emily the Emily Dickinson one and yeah. stuff like right. there there have been good premises um there and this sounds like it had it was one with actual potential and I do yeah. think that people like Stephen Ritzky get more into making their presentations entertaining um so right. uh yeah and Heather and Aaron's flight was like that also the best ones are the ones that are entertaining and also secretly are also pitching a really cool game yeah. that's yeah. true that's yeah. hard to do that's rare yeah that's really yeah rare. and it didn't yeah. happen the Emily Dickinson one two out of three wasn't <laughs> it it was was that um, Molyneux, Clint that Hawking, was, and Will Wright. Yes, Jesus Christ! Because I, I remember forgot what an amazing Will, Will Wright <laughs> and Clint Hawking were both really cool. That was the first time I'd heard or seen Hawking. Yeah, that was heavy. actually the but, first uh, time I ever heard of Clint Hawking. Was uh, like Clint Hawking, Clint Hawking, Clint Hawking. Hawking. Uh, it was was, was just buzz over that uh, that game design challenge. But yeah. yeah, he must have been starting Far Cry Two right around that time. No. Here's the thing. Speaking of Clint Hawking, he was talking. We have not covered Hawking's talk. Hideo games. Yeah, that reminds so, yeah. me of Clint Hawking's talking. <laughs> the Hawking stalking. Good old Hawking talk. We might be stalking Hawking. We we're, we're talking about stalking Hawking. Speaking of Hawking talking. <laughs> stalking Hawking talking. Clint Hawking. Right. That that guy. This guy totally was rocking. <clears throat> he. Ooh. He. Um. Yeah. He, Shocking. Sorry, I'm kind of mocking this discussion. Wow. Um, All right, fine. <laughs> so I'm not that funny. <laughs> you got me. It's true. Um, Clint Hogan did a did a talk this year, um, and it was cool. Uh, <laughs> nice. It, yeah. Yeah, I liked it too. Yeah. So what else is going on, you guys? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he, it, he routinely does amazing talks at GDC. So yeah, and I I, I especially I thought this one was interesting. Yeah, we talked probably before GDC about how we were excited to hear Clint Hawking's talk. Ing. Yes, we were. And then some of us got to actually see it, except for Jake. Except yeah. for Jake. Oh, snap. One could say I was excitedly blocking time for the <laughs> talking's talking, but uh, instead I was picking up a newspaper. Yeah, mm. uh, which which we all appreciate. But um, let me tell you about it, since you didn't get to be there. Yeah. It, he, he, I've heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, then never mind. Oh, you can say some stuff. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> it, it was... It was uh, he basically started off uh with his 2006 uh presentation as sort of a, a touchstone he called it a sequel to that presentation which was about designing for intentional play um which is like planning the player being able to plan their own goals and then carry them out and then he compared that to what happened with far cry 2 yeah which was intended to be that yeah um but ended up as they were kind of going through the, the development process it became clear that um obviously far cry 2 and anyone who's played Far Cry 2 knows it contains a fairly broad spectrum of, of different systems. Uh, in addition to combat systems and AI and weapons and so forth, there there's the malaria, there's the buddy system, there's the uh, like mission structure, which is somewhat dynamic. There's all sorts of things. Yeah. And he's and also someone who's played the game knows that many of those systems end up being kind of minimized, relatively speaking. Um, mainly yeah. the things having to do with mission structure and the buddy system and so forth, like actual player uh, initiative is ends up being less important overall. Uh, the um, and 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 sort of just moment to moment combat is, I think, probably the, for most people the, the most significant aspect of that game. Yeah, as they realized that they started deliberately during development trying to encourage a type of play that would put the player in a in a relatively short phase of what they called composition like the sort of intentional intentional play like building up to what you're going to do working yeah. out a plan and then an execution phase uh shortening that execution phase with some kind of 
interruption, some kind of yeah. crazy thing. You're weapon jamming, you get malaria, something explodes you in your face. The There's like, yeah, you get shot in the face, et cetera. And then kicking you back to having to quickly formulate a new plan. Yeah. And, and, and. Yeah. And he, he called it improvisational play. Right. Um, where, where intentional play is, is very much planning, you know, like, like long planning based and then, uh, sort of uh, very intentional execution based they 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 discovered this um kind of rhythm that that was bouncing back between planning and execution and reassessing to plan again and execute it that they they call it kind of ongoing improvisation and then once they discovered that that was sort of what was already happening as their design evolved they looked at ways to really emphasize that mm -hmm. and that's where uh far cry 2 ended up yeah um and and they talked about you know how now they sort of discovered that naturally through the process of of developing Far Cry 2. Just thoughts on how to actually intentionally, uh, as a designer, right. create that improvisational experience, right. you know, from the ground up. There, yeah. there was yeah. a cool bit of circularity there, I think, in terms of they ha they having a uh, they're having a fairly specific goal in mind for the overall kind of pacing and and uh, style of gameplay, the very intentional play, realizing that wasn't what the the game design was turning into and then essentially improvising their way as a development team into a more deliberately imp improvisational game i thought that was a, a, sort of just a meaningless observation but i thought it was kind of cool that there was that a, a bit of a reflection there kind of a microcosm of like what was going on in, in the game itself um macrocosm maybe <laughs> there's a cosm. <laughs> some, a cosm of yes. some sort um a cosmos a, a cosmos and uh, I thought it was interesting. As anyone who's played Far Cry 2, well, I shouldn't say anyone, but certainly when I played Far Cry 2, the uh, definitely what I got out of it was, I mean, that game, you could see shreds of kind of the original design in there for sure, but definitely well. what I... Yeah. <laughs> sweet you licks. Some sweet licks, yeah. Exactly. Um, but what I definitely got out of it was that, that crazy sort of ping-ponging in the moment-to-moment -moment yeah. combat where you're... It's a fucking wrench is thrown into your plans like it, it yeah. to an extreme degree and yeah. you have to improvise your way out of it and and the point that that he made was actually supporting that not right. just by fucking over the player uh right. frequently so like gun jamming did like, but also yeah. putting in mechanics like the buddies saving your ass right. to let you be Believe safe and game. recover uh from that instead of just loading your game but yeah, yeah. Uh, like chris just said a lot of things about far cry 2 the finished game make a lot more sense to me now that i've heard that talk um, and one of those things, uh, is the mission structure in that game that I got, f I became really frustrated with those missions after a couple of hours into the game, because it seemed like they were all, no matter who, no matter who you did them for, they were basically go to this location and shoot this guy or object, then return for right. your prize. Yeah, they definitely are Actually, you don't, you don't even return for a prize. I'm sorry. I made that up. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> your safe <laughs> house is Duncan's upgraded. doing a bit of improv improvisational <laughs> game design right here. Yes. Far Cry 3. Ooh. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Three return for the prize. I had a <laughs> <laughs> Your prize is ready. <laughs> but there was originally supposed to be a purpose, um, for, uh, a greater purpose for the missions, and that the mission, say, to kill the assassinate the police chief would have a There's global. Still kind of is, but you have to play it through a lot of the game to. Okay, I haven't finished the game. It, yeah, but. Uh, Killing the police chief, which is an early mission, would have uh, a global effect on all the troops of that faction. Their morality would decrease. Um, <laughs> morality? <Yeah. laughs> what am I trying morale. to say? Morale, morale would decrease. Yeah. Um, and you could, by taking out, set, uh, doing a different mission that would destroy uh, a faction's medical 
supplies. Well, I'm pretty sure that actually does still happen. It's just very, it's it's not very obvious <laughs> to the player. Well, no, it, he said he got cut entirely. Yeah, they're medical stuff. They still have, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> they still, uh, they did, they definitely still did have like the reputation stuff. Right, on but, the, but he said that he said that they cut yeah. like impacting the health and morale stuff, yeah, entirely. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, um, I mean that's a sad thing, but yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, this he, us talking about a cosm and a cosmos and an osmos reminded oh, me of the GDC awards. Uh, did you guys talk about the osmos guy at the we awards did, yet? Totally ripped. Oh, did we talk about that? I think. I yeah. We, oh, okay. We even made an "I'm the governor" joke and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we got that. That in. guy's the fucking governor. Yeah. So okay. sorry. It's a shame, out. but we can talk about the IGF itself, possibly. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, we spent some time in the IGF pavilion at the expo hall. Yes. Checked out some games. You checked out Xenoclash, a I, combat I simulator. Out. Yeah. What did you think? I bought that game, so I'm hoping you'll tell me it's good. Did you pre-order the game? <laughs> did you pre pre-order it? Yeah. yeah. Well, game no, recommendation no advice. No one's played it yet. <laughs> no. I think like, you've it's played not, it. It's not released yet. Right? No, I'm just saying yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I pre-ordered the game. I right, already right. paid money yeah, yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, fourteen ninety-five. Well, I paid ten because they had a, they had a twenty-four hour sale on pre-order sale on Steam for that game. Oh my and god. And I figured ten dollars is sort of at the point where it's like Steam is just such a deal. That's filled with steel. Well, ten is a pretty good. I mean, a it, steam is a deal is deal. called a steel. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, so Xenoclash for people who haven't heard of it or checked it out yet is this super crazy first-person uh, action Melee. game. You, not not entirely. Oh, like, okay. but but yeah. Um, Melee. Melee. It's Melee. a. It's Melee. 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 Um, it's a, it, it's, it's a crazy, like a Chilean game. It's, it's a, it's a group of, I think like th at least the core group of guys is like three guys, like two brothers and one uh -huh. of their friends, um, down in Chile that, uh, that just came up with this, this game that, uh, yeah, it's a first person action game with a super insane, like art style. It's really, it looks really cool. It's, yes. it's, it's really, it looks amazing and it's really difficult to describe. Like it has sort yeah. of this demented fantasy sort of like al alternate reality fantasy, yeah. surreal fantasy yeah. um just like really strange creatures that are they're like dudes with elephant heads it and guys with all sorts of weird like bone armor and some like some of the french take on weird surrealist fantasy stuff like I've i i i wish i could point to specific examples like that video head, of that little french girl who talks about the rhinoceros oh man i was dies. thinking about that but that's but that is, that's a hilarious <laughs> thing to bring up yeah um but but yeah so anyway um you know you can look it up on the internet to see images of it it's got an incredibly unique uh, visual style and yeah. yeah it's it's a mixed um melee and and shooting game but i think melee is is the main focus and basically the game is split up into a bunch of um arena spaces where you as the player have to fight off a number of enemies you know that that either uh come up and try to hit you and you can block and you can dodge and they can do the same stuff and you can break their block and do grab moves and everything and some of them have like crossbows or weird like uh like uh, uh sort of archaic fish guns and stuff so there's <laughs> yeah, so, so, right. there, so there's yeah. some uh there's yeah. what yeah you, you you can dual wield two guns Odd that are made out of like oh, the bodies of fish oh, they launch a fish no uh, they shoot a, a bullet made, or or a pellet or something yeah. jesus Duh, get with the fucking program, Jake. Jesus. Right, um, blow your nose. Um, so, so, so I tried it, uh, at what the IGF award and, I mean, the IGF pavilion. Um, and I, I, I saw one of the developers, uh, playing it. And, uh, he was obviously an expert and he was playing some advanced level where he was like fighting off four guys at a time and they were with fish. Uh, he did use fish at some point. Nice. I didn't see that. Um, That's sweet. 
Yeah, so that was impressive, and then I played the tutorial, and it seems like it has a pretty enjoyable combat system that is sort of, uh, I guess, most similar to, like, the Chronicles of Riddick melee system. Interesting. You know, well, where where there's... Possibly Dark Messiah of Might and Magic. Did you play that? Yeah, I played the demo of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess you're right about that. That's another similar um, mm. title. Um, but it's much more like those than, like, Oblivion or something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, which seems a little bit more limited in your, your options in combat. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Oblivion's not much of a melee game in terms of systems. It's more of Sort of level up your... Yeah. Your well, I mean, you could do strong and weak attacks and you could block, right? But yeah. it, it, just, it just felt like there's lock-on in this game. So, you sort of um, Zelda style, you can lock onto a guy and then circle strafe around them just by pressing left and right, which I think was also true in, in Riddick and stuff. Um, so, between the art style and this sort of interesting gameplay mix and very focused uh, structure of having these arena fights and stuff... Seems seems like it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, it, I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say that I watched Steve play the tutorial of this game, yeah. and what I liked about so it. So you're basically an expert. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about it with authority. What I liked about it is that the first uh, like combat action and directed Steve to perform was that it said. Now let's see you kick, kick some chickens, and then Steve kicked <laughs> yeah. some chickens with a sickening crack, and they went fly, flying into a tree, and there was blood. And he did that. A couple, he did that a couple of times. Did they all come and attack you? No, they didn't. They were just the chickens. <laughs> Chris, they don't attack That's you. Less so. Um, but he was the guy telling him to kick these chickens was a sort of bulky fantasy monster guy standing uh, in the middle of this grove, and after he, Steve had kicked the chickens around for a bit, he's like. All right, you kick some chickens around. Now it's time to fight me. <laughs> it was, uh, that's, good. that's all I have to say. But it was an awesome level progression. And Sweet. Chris, if you did, you oh, see anything else say, at the IGF? That oh, um, I, I unfortunately didn't have very much time. We were only there for yeah. for a few minutes. I also I also played another uh, melee fighting oh, yeah, game with I. dodging yes, and yes. Uh, and timing, and it was called Punch Out for the Wii. Oh, no, that's true. <laughs> the full name is Punch Out for the Wii. I don't know what the actual full title is. They meant to is. type is for the win. It, it's it's just up. called Punch Out with two exclamation points, isn't it? Yeah, which possibly. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure they're going to the classic thing yeah. there. Yeah, and I definitely fought classic enemies, which were the exact ones from the old game. Yeah, definitely classic the same Nintendo. Thing. It seemed move. very much like the same game design, pretty much. <clears throat> I, I I I haven't played uh, like the NES version most recently. I mean, whatever in years and years. No, I haven't either. Yeah, I don't know if it's closer to the NES or SNES oh, version. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, those were kind of the same game as well. Yeah. <laughs> they had a lot of the same characters. Yeah, I mean, the, there were a lot got, of extra characters in the SNES version, but yeah, different directional attacks, and you dodge out of the way, and you yeah. go up these incre- these enemies that yeah. you punch a guy. Yeah, the, you get you get stars that you can do uppercuts with. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed enjoyable. It, I fun, I wanted to play more of it when I was done playing it. It'd be interesting to see if they if they added on a like a head to head mode with this it, i mean it seems like you could do it i don't know yeah. if it'd be super f- I, fun like I'm, for a while but yeah. super fun shout hey. Hey. <laughs> he's back <laughs> super fun shout amazing <laughs> what uh, do you think it's called that i i'm i i I could see them doing at least local head to head. Calling it super fun show. <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else, that I seems think. feasible in my mind. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't know. I didn't ask them or anything. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, one other thing that I saw in the IGF booth, and I wish I could remember which game this is, but it was one of the indie stands in, that was unattended, and uh, there was a little sign uh, by the keyboard that said, oh. "Back at three o'clock, puzzle." That was mightier. That was the game. mightier. Okay, yeah. and the puzzle. Uh, the word puzzle had a little arrow by it, and he had cut up some a laminated, some laminated bits of cardboard, and they were just lying well, it wasn't in a jumble. It was like a 
like a piece of paper that looked like it had said it was a logo or something yeah some kind of logo yeah that was yeah and i think chris and i saw that and both got mad like fuck this guy oh i didn't get mad (laughs) what what, i got i got mad (laughs) what why i got mad because then i wanted to do the puzzle and solve it but i wasn't mad no that's true we both started trying to collaborate look away from puzzle and got nowhere (laughs) yeah we got we i don't think we connected more than two pieces before this asshole game designer he tried to make a fun puzzle for me to (laughs) solve Yes. I wasn't angry at all. That's true. I guess I guess I was like, okay, I'll do this puzzle, and then we. I got mad at well, not being able to solve the puzzle. Said, I'm angry. Did you throw the pieces and on I, the ground before leaving? <laughs> no, that would have been lame. Yeah. Oh, but that, that was I, an amusing thing to do. Like that game looks in interesting. Uh, I theoretically, it on my computer the other day. Which yeah. game actually? My tier. Ah. Yeah. The the demo for it is on Steam. Yep. Right. Uh-huh. Um. It's. Yeah. It's basically a game where you can you can. Steam's full of such good deals. <laughs> I know this was demo is free. I mean, crazy. Wow. Um, like shareware. Yeah. Uh, you have a little guy that goes around a planet and has to collect, <laughs> has to collect um, jewels at various heights, like different like height levels, like one, two, three. Yeah. And you draw patterns in the ground to raise up the ground, and you essentially have to Im- like embed um land masses within land masses to rise up out of the ground yeah. and allow oh that you sounds to reach, cool so let me get this straight things. you have you have a guy who goes around a planet <laughs> yes <laughs> okay with a jetpack oh, okay good that's yeah that's you cleared that's up key. you cleared exactly. up which game this is you got right. a guy exactly right no uh, that actually sounds cool and, it, and it's interesting in well there's some connect. crazy shit yeah where you draw on paper and then scan it yeah. oh it's that yeah. crazy game right and you can print out your patterns <laughs> as well thing. from the game um yeah. it's pretty crazy you can also draw stuff and have it rendered as your character like you just draw line art and it will just turn it into like an embossed 3D figure. <laughs> an embossed that, 3D lens flare outer glow. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. I've o- I've only I haven't played it, but I only saw the the demo video for it. And uh-huh. if it actually works as well as it seemed to in the video, where it was like draw a weird blobby stick man and scan him, and then our game will figure out how to animate that. Like that blows my mind. Yeah. Mm. Blobby stick. Man. Well, I mean, th- that's been done with like drawn to life and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and graffiti kingdom and the imagination and, right. of a child. <laughs> yeah, but I mean the the thing is that that's all done with the actual game tools in the software. That's this true. thing like reads hand drawn line art and yeah. interprets it, which is that's it true. seems impressive. But yeah. I haven't actually tried it myself yet. I haven't either. But I mean, I, you can play the 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 main game mechanics without doing that stuff. Yeah, but it would be cool. I would. I am interested to try the scanning and printing. Yeah, yeah. Some of the IGF stuff is pretty rad. I wish I would have had more time in that. Did anyone? Did you guys end up going back after we? I didn't. I didn't. Have time. I, I I think when we played uh 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 Punch Out, we was when I was headed back to the IGF Pavilion and got distracted by Punch Out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's not yeah. indie, Steve. It's not indie at all. But I if did. You're not indie. Fuck you. I did Ooh. fight Glass Joe. Yeah, you I, did. Uh, I fought. I you fought remember. the Kaiser. I fought Kaiser. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Um. Did you win? I whooped his ass. I don't. Think- I uppercutted the shit out of him. One one cool thing that I didn't expect about uh, Punch Out on the Wii was that uh, that they do like locational damage uh on the enemies like if you punch oh, yeah, a guy in the really face cool. a lot yeah. he'll get like he'll get a big like used. like bulge on the side of his he'll face yeah or if you or if you punch him in the in the the body a lot he'll get a bunch of bruises on his stomach and stuff which 
it was cool. It, yeah, it seems it like the kind really of nice. thing that Nintendo yeah. wouldn't necessarily do, yeah. but it's great it, feedback <laughs> for like yeah. what how you've been playing and how hurt the guy is. So it, it actually did. It, I mean, it, it it wasn't obviously graphic in any way, but it no. definitely was sort of like Ugh, it, it was man, little, that guy's beat up. Yeah, it was like, grittier Jesus. than I would have expected yeah, because it was just black like and blue blotches yeah. on people. Yeah, skin, here's like, what a guy looks like after a rough ass boxing match. And yeah. I noticed that when you won against the Kaiser, who you had had a pretty tough fight with, yeah. that you you turned around and you were happy and stuff. And uh, but little Mac had like bruises all over right. his face or like exactly. red marks from yeah. from being punched in the face yeah. multiple times. It, it was, was a, yeah. pretty great. It was a very un Nintendo thing, but it was really cool. It was yeah. Uh, and know exactly who will be buying this game. Yeah. Know, and then right. on the other hand, People there are, are at least twenty five years old. Yeah. Like. <laughs> on the other hand, there are uh, little chickens that are chicks that rotate around your yeah, head I mean, and then puff away right, into little classic, clouds of feathers. Yeah. It makes uh, me a lame-o so. for saying it, but it's kind of the Team Fortress Two thing. Right, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. That that is a good comparison. Yeah, I yeah. mean, even just even less just, extreme than that in both directions. But right, yeah. but I mean, yeah. even even how Team Fortress took the things that were sort of implied things that you assumed about what were happening in Quake in Quake World Team Fortress and like dr- and dressed them up really nice, like rocket jumps or running really oh, weird oh, oh, and all oh, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. This game is taking the sort of stuff that was implied in that in that game and giving it a really clever, uh, yeah, clever additional layer. Of it, was, it was definitely a detail um, that made me want to play the game more. Right, you know. Because somebody was paying attention to that and yeah. and went for it, even though it's totally non-essential, you know. So. I thought you were referring Jake more to the sort of aesthetic. Oh, that's also true. I, of like Team Fortress Two, this classic sort of like '50s era advertising artwork, very colorful, and then you shoot a guy and he gives it. Yeah, that that is also totally bloody true. Pieces, I, I actually was, and the game informs you where your head is on the ground. Yeah, I, I guess I was saying two separate things. Yeah, and started them with the same thing, but I agree with both things that I said. <laughs> nice, good time. I'm yeah. glad to hear that you're you're in agreement with yourself. But yeah, the sort of clean look that then just gets beat yeah, up right, is right. very much like when the medic comes by and he's just <laughs> yeah or whatever or anyone else. Me, mm. he's just so contrasty. <laughs> that's that, true. That's smock. Ah, uh, hideo games. <laughs> We like the word video game, and we thought you should know about it. It's two words. It's one you? word. Video games. Hideo is games. Two words. Hideogamy. That's <laughs> <laughs> my pronunciation. Uedo <laughs> narrative dissonance. Woohoo. I quit. Me too. Me too. For now. Oh, wait. Oh, so, so does that mean the break is. I guess Video games. Yeah, and with that, we're back. So during the break, I had an interesting experience. We're recording this, uh, on, as we may have noted in an earlier podcast, on a pretty high floor of a hotel building. Grand Hyatt in beautiful downtown San Francisco. Can I say the room number? Sure. Twelve oh nine. Oh, he just did. <laughs> it's coming from inside the room. By yeah, by Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> so- I was out. Sorry. So anyway, wh- where I where I am sitting right now in this hotel room, I'm facing the window which overlooks uh, another well, hotel, another hotel, or pos- I don't know, possibly other residential building. And there's right, kind of just at eye level, there's a woman who's sort of I don't know, she seems like she's packing or something, but uh, I guess we had Duncan a co- is observing her. I am, and it's creepy, and I think she's having another staring contest with me right now. But she's looking out at us in our hotel room and, and now wondering. All four of us are staring at her and wondering why there are oh, four stopped. douches <laughs> with microphones talking about <laughs> giant cocks. She can actually <laughs> read lips. It's really weird. This is like it's rear like, window. You look up and you see her mouth. <laughs> Steve Moretzky. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was so, just yeah. a weird thing, and it explained story. why we, we, I was paralyzed for four minutes in fear. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, reader mail. because we have a live audience of that lady across- And two dudes on the bed. Well. 
<laughs> reader mail. Reader oh, mail. Yeah, reader what? Mail. Oh, oh, a reader sent us hey, a mail. Sometimes they do that, and then we read it on a podcast. I got no or problem with that. Or a conf grenade. Or a conf grenade. All right, so Greg Stearns writes, Hey, Thumbs, you know what game is getting the butt? Jesus, this is already a thing. <laughs> well. I'm pleased. Uh, bit trip beat. It's kind of, hey, I agree. It's kind of a shame. What the that hell does that mean? Well, we'll he'll tell getting you. The no, getting butt. the butt. Oh, we were talking about that. Oh. Listen yeah, to a podcast, Steve. <laughs> it just means like getting the high hat. Oh, okay. Um, it's kind of a shame that there doesn't seem to be any support behind this game. I totally love the playstyle. It mixes the difficulty of the 8-bit era with the attention to detail and flow of a modern game. The visuals are great. The minimalist style goes well with the rest of the game, but at the same time serves a gameplay element, especially later in the game where they use the effects to really fuck with you or when you're about to die and it reverts to the stark pong style. That sounds rad. Being a rhythm game, this sound is the most amazing element. The fact that when a note makes a sound when bouncing off anything on the screen makes for really complex rhythm and chord structures that are all dependent on you keeping the whole thing going. It makes a really addictive experience that actually rewards me for my effort and pulls out the perfectionist gamer in me in a great way. I'm afraid of overselling Bitrip Beat a bit because I'd hate to see the same backlash Flower or Braid saw come and bite it in the ass, but its complete lack of attention bothers me. Anyway, keep Get the scoops hot, Greg's. Greg. Greg. <laughs> Just one Greg. Wait, did he say skiddly doot bop? He said, "Keep the scoops hot." Oh, okay. keep the scoops hot. Skilly boop, Skilly boop bop. Greg. Greg. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. Sipto. Yeah. Uh, I, they are I'm, keeping me quite warm. This fucking room is not air conditioned. It's, it's true. true. You're wearing a jacket too, scoops. <sighs> Whoa! Oh, Steve's taking it off. It's getting hot. That lady. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's enjoying the show. She's, a, She's not. She's in for quite a medical surprise. Yeah. <laughs> um, what? Have, have any? What? Just leave it. Have, have any of you played Bit Trip Beat? I actually haven't, which is a shame. Yeah, I because you were super yet. psyched about it. I was, but I didn't. You need know to pay attention to the internet. I, I knew it I was did. out. Oh, I didn't. But I didn't tell you because I thought you would probably kind of like the Mirror's Edge thing. I assumed you probably yeah, already would I have don't actually keep known. up as much on that kind of thing anymore for some reason. Because hmm, mm-hmm. you don't like video games. There's mm-hmm. always so much stuff that I have in my backlog that I sometimes forget to keep up with when things are yeah. coming out. But yeah, we're proving this guy's uh, his his letter true, yeah. in fact. It's true. It's not. It's clearly not getting the attention. We were all excited we're for not it. Even, we haven't yeah, played it. Exactly. So we're horrible. We're, we might be lame. Are um, you a reader that has played it? Write yeah. to questions on idlethumbs.net. Yeah. And but everything he describes. We'll read something yeah, very similar awesome. to that last like letter exactly again. The, yeah. It sounds like exactly the kind of stuff I love in game in games with music. Like, I enjoy sort of traditional rhythm games, but what I think is really cool is games that use uh, gameplay that's rooted in sort of more traditional uh, video game kind of tropes and then actually integrates them directly with music where they sort of just quantize everything and uh, have it accompany the music in, a, in an organic way. I think that's like a, a really exciting uh, path of game design. And Yeah, quantization fucking rules. It's awesome. Yep, it's good stuff. Yeah. Quantize. I love it. So anyway, that guy <laughs> says this game does it and is cool, and I probably will agree with him when I play it. I think I'm probably not the only reader who wouldn't know what that word meant unless oh. you had told me before at an earlier okay, point. Okay, so quantize means essentially to take... Uh, it's it's sort of the the temporal equivalent of like a vocoder. So it takes the like actions and then splits them into like granular uh, time periods, so that it matches it to the nearest yeah. like eighth of a beat or sixteenth yeah, yeah. like of a beat or thirty second of a beat. Point. Yeah, exactly. it, it makes it makes the things you do line up with the beat, sort <laughs> exactly. of like res, for instance. Yeah, like res, exactly. Yeah. Like your your shots in that game are quantized. Like yeah. they they will blow up on right. the beat no matter what. Yeah. You can quantize to a finer degree than that. Right. Um. But yeah. 
Like well, it yeah. sounds like in, in this in game, a rhythm game, you would probably quantize to the rhythm. Right. Exactly. Well, directly the rhythm. Right. Like Rock Band or something. Probably gives you gives you a a, a little bit of leeway. Yeah. As give to you when a window exactly and you press then, it. Right. Yeah. But no matter when you press it in that window, you'll always hear it directly on the beat yeah. because it's actually unmuting a. Well, right. In that case, yeah. That's not even <laughs> so much quantization track, as it is just like hitting a switch. Yeah. Yeah. But in any case, uh, bit trip beat. Someone yep. might want to play it. Maybe it will be us. All right. So another dude, uh, Spanky McGee writes, hmm. "Idle thumbs." Hmm. What a name! I know. Quoting, quoting. This is a fairly epic email here. Quoting your February twelfth podcast. Summarize it. This was me talking. I like uh, Chris talking. I like that. The- <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait. <laughs> okay. This guy who's writing us is, is quoting a thing Chris I said Remo. in February twelfth. Oh. Ow. I like that the Citizen Kane of video games came after the Star Wars of video games. Uh, that was me speaking facetiously, in case there's any wondering about that. Uh, he writes, Peter Molyneux predicts The Godfather by 2016, and we know Killzone 2 is Citizen Kane. Uh, more attempts to graph the history of movie development and video game development onto the same racetrack to more easily compare milestones. These comparisons usually are chronologically careless. Um, in 1915, he writes, Poet Vachelle Lindsay published The Art of the Motion Pi- Moving Picture, which seeded the notion that movies were an art form. Even at that early year, Lindsay had great films and great film artistry to discuss. If we try to apply consistent standards of narrative skill and visual and emotional sophistication, some movies a century old shame some, some video games. I wouldn't, ar- or all video games even, I wouldn't argue that we should apply consistent standards. Um, but Peter Molyneux's prediction raises some questions. He says, I think by 2016, we're going to have a truly amazing story to be cited as the equivalent of the Godfather on film. So to paraphrase or interpret, to paraphrase or interpret, this game will be, yeah, I can't read. This game will be to previous games what the Godfather was to previous films. Doesn't this suggest that video games then have already produced Rules of the Game, Greed, Bicycle Thief, Broken Blossoms, Sunrise, Ugetsu, Wild Bunch, Breathless, and, yes, Citizen Kane, which itself in 1941 already rested on a quarter century of movie art? Did I miss these games? Hasn't Molyneux jumped the queue? Perhaps Molyneux's prediction is more ambitious than it sounds. He might be predicting that not only will 2016 witness gaming's godfather, but all those intervening milestones will be produced before 2016 in the next seven years. We will soon witness an incandescent seven-year flowering. As a promising start, Resident <laughs> Evil 5 is apparently the video game's birth of a nation. <laughs> Spanky McGee, oh, everybody. This guy wins. All right. Yes. As that is an epic email. It is. Mm. Molyneux's comments, oh. he concludes, raise two other thoughts. Mm. First, The Godfather is not great because of, just because of its story. Second, a simple story never hampered Harold Lloyd. To couch this all into a question, how about it? More importantly, are you ready for the renaissance? <laughs> Thanks for your time and your fine program. I feel like when everyone, when anyone ever says this is going to be the Citizen Kane or Godfather of Gaming, they don't mean it's going to be relevant for the same reasons. They just mean it's going to be more awesome than usual. <laughs> right. Yeah, this thing's going to be fucking sweet. Yes. Is what they basically well, mean. Well, I mean, except I for Molino did specifically say, we'll have a game that has storytelling yeah, uh, equivalent like, to the Godfather. Well, okay, right. he said like Godfather level well, we of have storytelling. The direct quote right here. So, oh, excellent. Well, I mean, he says, "I think by 2016 we're going to have a truly amazing story, which will be cited as the equivalent of the Godfather on film." Hmm. So that's actually a pretty ridiculous. I don't think way the, to I don't think something. the games though need to need to sort of be shackled by the, the linearity of films. So, no, I, I don't mean, either. We could get the Godfather game now. Yes, and then we'll get <laughs> or the Godfather two game. Whoa, <laughs> right. right. I mean, weren't we discussing that possibly in 2016 we could be up to the Godfather 5 or 6? Yes. <laughs> EA's The Godfather 6? Yeah. Yeah. 
Godfather he, he is the Godfather Six. The Godfather. Is the Godfather Part yeah. Two of games? Yeah, I think that I think that that is uh yeah, just the fallacy there is yeah. just assuming that the the pinnacle of m- meaning in games is going to be a linear cinematic story that right it, it resonates in the same way that something like The Godfather like it's such an unequal comparison yeah. that it's weird and, and to try to apply it yeah. it's the whistler's mother of games <laughs> exactly. yeah yeah no one ever does that but yeah. it's sort of equally as ridiculous yeah and i mean the the awesome thing is that uh there was a great presentation about this uh that i'll mention briefly uh you, on wednesday by uh margaret robertson who was oh, yeah. the the, hey, the hey. Uh, editor-in-chief of edge for I'm some time this. and now she's a consultant and she was basically just talking about how a lot of people naturally assume the cinematic mode when they think about story and emotion in games like we need more emotion in this game so let's make a really great story like a movie has and shoehorn it into our game and she just talked about a lot of really you know clear and and awesome ways to convey uh story and narrative elements through actual uh game Stuff, stuff that's native to the game form instead like writing of, the words the godfather on the hud of your game or right. having, <laughs> having a godfather poster up on the wall of a guy's room along with right. a scarface poster or projecting uh the movie the godfather onto a texture and letting the player walk up to it and watch it right hmm. i think these are the opposites of her suggestion <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she had she had a lot of great examples uh that were basically more economical and interesting ways to tell the player what the identity of a place is or what sort of the 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 characterization of a person is than just making a linear movie style cutscene about it. Um, yeah. So I hope that on some level Molyneux is right in that maybe seven years from now we'll have a game that people feel is as affecting uh, as something like The Godfather, but because of things games are actually good at and yes. not because of what The Godfather was good at. <laughs> yes, I agree. No, it's completely true. I mean, the way Molyneux phrased it makes it even all the more preposterous, I think. Um, got any more readers mails yeah i do have one right here from nice dan oh god daniel daniel from sweden that's no that's no spanky mcgee no it's not i'm sorry daniel um okay so he writes so sorry uh now that both red dead revolver redemption and a new call of juarez have been announced I'd like to know, how much did you love Outlaws from LucasArts? A lot. Per- yeah, same here. Personally, <laughs> Not at all. You ask. Personally, I think it's the best Western game ever made. It has every environment. It's the best Western of yeah. games. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Grand Hyatt of podcasts, though. So. <laughs> well, we're podcasting from the Grand Hyatt. Well, I think that's the same thing, right? I mean. Yeah. It right. also might have been the joke. Yeah. I. Uh, well, uh, anyway, the best Western of games. Personally, I think it's the best Western game ever made. He says, it has every environment and weapon you'd expect from Western, and it also sports an amazing Ennio Morricone ripoff soundtrack, along with great <laughs> 2D animated cutscenes. He's right. <laughs> Why hasn't anyone made a Western-themed first-person, massively multiplayer online simulation? Holy shit. It'd be the best-selling game of all time, right up there with The Sims. I don't know. All Please right, talk this guy is Steve looks skeptical. I'm pretty sure he's kidding. Please talk about some Western games. Med, Jesus Christ, Med Vanlig Halsnig, Daniel from Sweden. Yeah, I really enjoyed Outlaws, although I, I enjoy that all the stuff that I probably liked about it is all the stuff that we were just poo-pooed moments ago. <laughs> no, it's totally true, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, the, here's the thing. I, I was aware of Outlaws for quite some time, but I, you know, like, since when it came out, but uh, I didn't play it until I found a copy of it at, like, a flea market uh, 
two years ago or a year yeah. ago or something. And so I, I played it. Hold up at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, aged I, immediately. It was yeah. already behind the time. I, I played it for the first time in 2007 or eight, and uh, yeah, just like going back to the build engine was yeah. insanely painful. But but that said, uh, it, it just uh, like even even the levels and stuff just weren't as interesting or no. good as like a Duke Nukem 3D level, which they're using the same tech, you know. But also, uh. I loved the stylization I don't know, of I don't the. Know if Outlaws actually used build. I think it used the Dark Forces engine. Really? Yeah. I think I think Jake, you're right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they're they're both very similar. They, they in that they're, they're like similar. they're competitive. Yeah. They're, they're they two and a half D and right. all that stuff. But um, but uh, even the I love the stylization of the characters in like full throttle and the stuff in the Outlaws cutscenes is like the guys have arms that are down past their knees and look like weird orangutan <laughs> aliens and stuff and the animation isn't of, very good yeah. so it just kind of made me sad but maybe i would have uh, thought it was sweet in 1996 yeah i i hadn't played a first person shooter yeah. that had that sort of stylization and it was so far apart genre wise from Doom sci-fi or sci-fi right, or sci-fi yeah. so yeah like it was right up there at the beginning what you hadn't played hexen mm. sorry or fantastical fi heretic yeah right isn't it heretic? Yeah, it is. I know. Anyway. Heretic, uh, Hexen, the sequel for, to Heretic, for Heretic reason, 2. <laughs> for some weird reason, this isn't actually related to the guy's email, but it reminds me, since this is a Rockstar game, uh, or oh, since he mentions Red Dead Revolver, which is a Rockstar game, um, did you guys see that Max Payne 3 was announced by Rockstar Vancouver? No. No. Yes. Yeah, wait, I did see that. I wanted to ask I saw Rise of about Max that Payne. since Steve I saw it now too. liked Bully from Rockstar Vancouver and wondered if you had any thoughts. Rockstar Vancouver. Wasn't that from them? I believe uh, this product by Take-Two Interactive may be oh. a lovely <laughs> piece of software. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Steve. Sorry. Okay. Anyway. Uh, uh, I mean, all I know about it is they released one piece of concept art of Max Payne's face and that it exists and that it's by that studio. And oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, 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 did, if, I did think yeah. Bully was an awesome game. I loved uh, what they did with the town and the, the place that took place. Uh, that was a great sentence. Um, I love the place of the place. I like it. Uh, but the, the, Steve like place. Yeah. The, uh, the Bullworth, um, Bullworth Academy. Academy and the town that surrounded it just had that amazingly, amazingly evocative feeling of... Um, of like a, a, semi, a, a fairly small like northeastern town that... It incredibly felt like it was a place that was built in the mid-century because, like, the architecture yeah. and all the stuff uh, felt like it was kind of old uh, and, you know, had had just kind of persisted and aged. I don't know. The, the environment was great, and it went through all four seasons, so they redid it all with, like, mm. you know, the 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 falling leaves Foliage in the fall and yeah and and the snow in the winter and everything and all of the characters there you know changed clothes in every season and everything like the passage of time and the identity of the place was just unbelievable in that game so uh so when max Payne inevitably takes place in a northeastern uh, college preparatory school <laughs> right, he's gonna have a nice scarf on when it's cold yeah. out and stuff he, he apparently will be that homeless guy that was in the town in bali <laughs> according to the concept okay. art um right. They, they they went the haggard direction with Max Payne, according to that concept art. So like, both Splinters, both uh, Max, oh, fuck, what the guy's name, Sam Fisher and uh, Max Payne are turning into hobos. And uh, Ethan from Condemned. Uh, the Condemned games. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, they, there's just that, been that one image, hobos but, he, trend but he, had, like, he had like gray scraggly hair and was all wrinkled and stuff. So it seems like it, Three trend. it yeah. must take place uh, some years down the road. Right. Um, I'll be interested to see what they do with it. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked Max Payne one and two. Yeah, those games were weird. They didn't like sort of make a huge impact on me in terms of yeah. like 
giving me tons of like crazy stuff to think about, but they were such good, well-paced, like really yeah. fun shooter adventures. Like it was Max Payne two is like exemplary of just, I think just how to make a good sequel I agree because it was yeah. basically the, it, it was, it, it built on everything that was good about Max Payne one and then just made anything that wasn't as good, much, much better. And even the stuff yeah. that was good, it made that better. It's true. I thought, yeah, I um, agree completely. So yeah, those games are great. Yeah, Max Payne Two still holds up. I replayed part of it uh, like a couple of years, like a year or two ago, and uh, good, good stuff. Speaking of games that do not hold up, and also of Western games, I never played Outlaws, but I did play Freddy Farkas Frontier Pharmacist. <laughs> oh man, the Outlaw game. <laughs> yes, uh, and oh, I, I think I, I remember I liked that a lot when I was eleven, and now like almost all of Sierra's games, I find it embarrassing. They do not age well. No, they don't. Especially no. compared to their competitors, LucasArts. Games. Not at all. Which yeah. I could play a million times. Yes, yes. same here. Yeah, and half. <laughs> and also, <laughs> yeah. I have. Yes. Um, yeah. Anyway, read it, Mario. Did we ever talk about the Maw? I, I don't remember. I played, I played the demo for the Maw. Yeah, I forget Speaking if we Western talked about games that don't hold up. The Maw. Well, this is another. There's another oh. email about that. So, what's the email about the Maw? Well, I'm gonna read it. Um, I dare you, Trevor Shelder writes. Love the podcast. Keep it the great work. Steam recently added the feature to pay and download more content. For a game you've purchased, and today Apple... Okay, he obviously wrote this... Oh, we've read this ago. email before, I think. We didn't talk about the Maw, but we... Uh... Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was writing it because of the Maw. Um, you want to just talk about the Maw, Yeah, let's Chris? talk about the Maw. Um, we already did read this guy's email a while ago, but he... Steve is uh, being weird over there. <laughs> um, I was just reading a newspaper while I waited for you to finish... Uh... Not reading an email. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Continue. Um, but yeah, I didn't mean to talk about the mall before because I did buy it a couple weeks ago. It came out on Steam and I picked it up. It's um, it's a cool platformer that relies heavily on your character controlling a secondary character that you have sort of a tether. You have sort of a leash yeah. that you drag him along on. And much like Kirby, he can eat enemies and then take their characteristics. Right. Steal their souls. Steal their souls, exactly. And that's used to solve puzzles in, in various ways. And at the beginning of the game, it's basically just makes him a, able to do fairly simple things and kill more enemies and, and uh, light things on fire. And then it gets weirder later on where he sort of becomes a balloon and kind of flies around and can sort of dive you, bomb enemies. Did you play and, through the whole thing or just a lot of it or some of no, it? No, I played through several hours of it. Yeah, it, um, it's, it's a relatively short game, right? From what I've heard, yeah. I haven't yeah. finished it yet, but yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's a nice. You can tell it's a very indie game. Like it's, uh, it's got. Well, I played the demo of it, and the production values are actually, relatively speaking, quite high. I thought. Oh no, no, it is, it is. But it's like it's just a very. Um, it's hard to explain, but it's you. You would never play a game like this. That's like a big budget thing. Like it's it's very mu- it's cool. It's like I say that in a good way. Like yeah. it's it's a it's a cool like very focused kind of little thing that's like yeah. weird but also has like nice animation and good no, creature looks, design and all nice, that stuff yeah. yeah it's a nice colorful cool looking game and uh i like, I, I i played the demo mm-hmm. and didn't want to play more of it because it made me sad and feel what bad what? really Be- because the entire game is uh go you know you you escaped from like this uh, spaceship where they're holding you captive and everything and yeah. you're tethered to the maw which is just a purple creature with a horrible like sharp toothed right. mouth uh, yeah. that wants to eat everything, and then you just have to guide it around the world, eating these pathetic, <laughs> right. uh, innocent, adorable creatures yeah. that haven't done anything I, wrong. That is kind of weird. I agree. And it 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 actually like it was all cartoony. It wasn't like they didn't revel in like ha ha. Right. He it's bit his head off. Right. Uh, but it is kind of sadistic. Well, right. Like be- I mean, because basically you you, you don't. It's sense, it's not yeah. purely. Um, 
It's not purely you don't purely eat them for puzzle solutions. It's not like go find the one. Grow. Yeah, you don't don't go find. You don't just have to get the one specific creature <laughs> to get the power you need uh, to to get past the puzzle. Um, yeah, you you have to make the maw big enough by just eating like a dozen little fluffy nice creatures and nice. it just grossed me out that i was like i guess i crash landed on this planet and now i'm making this horrible awful little monster uh eat all these nice things i just didn't it it, it was not pleasant the for me ended with yeah the maw. i can understand that i had the same vibe but i sort of just i don't know i sort of put myself in a position where i was just sort of playing it purely mechanically um just because a game like that usually that's what i'm playing it for anyway but i i do know what you mean like a hundred percent, it does. It, it definitely. You saw through the superfluous presentation to the. <laughs> well, it's it's true that it does have a weird thing where you you are essentially They're just blocks. There's not really a person, Steve. Yeah, get just, over yourself. Just just numbers, games, just ones and zeros. It's true. When are we gonna get that Godfather anyway? Yeah. But uh, yeah, you. I mean, you, this character is just this weird insatiable hunger. Like he only exists apparently to eat things. Yeah, and, and to larger. eat nice things that are no threat to you and are just right. trying to graze on grass. Right. Like I don't know. Yeah. So it, you know, they like I said, they weren't like thinking that was badass or whatever. Right. But it's not just presented in as as a dynamic. I was well, just sort of like, actually, Ugh. you're saving them from being encased in robotic versions of themselves by Doctor Robotnik, <laughs> Eggman, Doctor Eggman. No, Robotic Nick is way better. Robotic Nick. Robotic Nick. <laughs> Dr. Robotic I, I Nick. Robotic Nick. I like it. That was his original name before yeah. he became a villain. Robotic Nick. He was a... Yeah, it was blues moniker. Oh, Nick yeah. just loves kind of fooling around with the robots and stuff. Oh, Robotic just, Nick. Yep. It's Robotnik. Okay. All right, Nick. Whatever you say. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder about that Robotic Nick. <laughs> yeah, so try them all and see whether, yeah, see whether uh, it, it makes you feel it. weird or not. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and then they they apparently released some DLC for like a buck twenty five or something. I haven't actually played that because I haven't beat the main game yet. But apparently they did that. Dual Maw. Nice. Yep. Nice. I don't know if that's what it actually is. Dual Maw. Yeah. Yeah. Probably it's not that. Got any more mails? Let's look. We have a bunch of tiers e- emails, but I think we're going to do those. We're later. stockpiling those tiers. Yeah. We. So- yeah. That the GDC isn't over yet for mm, us, so we should it hold lives off. on in our hearts. We're sort of in yeah. tier stasis. Mm. All right. Yeah, I think that's mainly what we have. So. Sweet. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks. To us. Thank you. Eyes. Jake will now go die. Ha ha. Ha It's loose. Video game. I, I, I just realized cool films. that both of my biceps are sore from carrying cool around those fucking bundles huh? of newspaper two days ago. Cool you have news arms. This is the guy of the cool tools. Oh, I have the news soreness cool in my really? skinny ass yeah. horrible wow. pussy arms. Who's <laughs> 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 a news arm? How the fuck did I know? Okay. Can't hold the paper. Paper's so heavy. Can't hold it. About using your other like wimpy arm to sort of. What the hell is going on over here? <laughs> now this circle jerk can get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs>